This episode is brought to you by the Idle Thumbs Daisy server. You can find it at daisy.idlethumbs.net or just search for Idle Thumbs in the server list. It is February 26th, 2014. This, this is, is Idle Thumbs 1447. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Molly Moss. What? Whoa. Whoa. Who doesn't even wait for the guest intro? Just taking the fourth chair what like it's his. I work in this pinning it to the ground. We're basically recording this in my bedroom. Wow. That's I true. feel like <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> that's true. Essentially. That's, it may be your house, but it's Nick Brecken's chair. Ooh. Ooh. Or Steve Gainer's chair. Sure. It was Danielle's chair last week. Man, she's great on the podcast. Yeah, that was a good Jeez. one. Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, and great. Idle Thumbs obviously. last week? That's nice I know, of you. it was weird. I yeah. like, sat down and just listened to an episode of Idle Thumbs, which isn't a thing I've ever been able to do. You were like, do. oh, these guys laugh at their own jokes a lot. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Is that like their shtick? <laughs> oh. God, they talk over each other so much. It's really just chaotic. Do any of them play games? <laughs> I played Titanfall with Ollie. God, Speaking I wanted of to, games that you played, it was good. It was really cool. It was really good. It is. It's good. I had a beta access, it's but good. I didn't like, play it on. So, so I you just sat there going, got, well, what I got, what I got, well, I wasn't like freaking out, but I did want to play it. And when I got back today, I like went to all the trouble of like downloading Origin and remembering my Origin account. Oh, and man. signing into Origin and doing this. And no it's good. Like, oh, it's been gone for a week. Yeah. God damn it. Because I had a, yeah. I was no, annoyed it's out soon. Yeah. It's so refreshing to play something with the just sort of like twitchy like quick feedback like shooter mentality that isn't steeped in like army military propaganda <laughs> yeah it's stuff. like it's yeah, it's yeah. fine it's like it's i played a lot of modern warfare 2 and that's when i kind of was like okay i got i got i got to stop doing this um i played a lot of that game tons uh, i think i which one modern warfare 2 modern warfare 2 yeah, yeah. They maxed out. I think they had a level 70, and then you could reset your level to zero, but then come back with, like, a platinum path. I didn't do that. I got all the way. I got the highest, whatever, um, rank you could get, and then I decided to quit playing, which is probably good. But I feel like I was somehow less sensitive to that stuff then for some reason or another. Like, just the militariness of it all? Of, you get kind of, like... Desensitized? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you get desensitized in a way that makes you conscious of your desensitization, and then you're like, I don't know if I want to... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not that, like... It's not that I want to go out and, like, rail against these games all the time. It's just, like, a personal thing. I just yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if there's other games out there that you can exactly. choose to play. Yeah, so it's kind of where I'm at. And then you can play Titanfall, 
and you're just the robot guy. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It's weird that it's it's funny how that game has kind of broken through for me in that way. I mean, I haven't even played it yet, but it's like just I guess based on seeing the stuff people are it's like the um the <laughs> My feelings towards that game remind me of my feelings towards the Lego movie, which I've also not seen. Good. It's the thing that I would Good. typically like. That was <laughs> a movie based on Lego that's like a computer animated kids movie that's licensed on a toy is something I would never have any interest in at all. But there's so many people who I like mm. and whose opinions I very frequently agree with are like, this is actually really fun and like totally worth seeing and not a waste of your time. That now I'm like, I actually want to see that goddamn fucking Lego movie. And that's like, I, I went through a similar thing with Titanfall because I've known about it forever because it was announced, you know, what, like a year ago or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like ordinarily a game that looks like that would come along and I'd be like, oh, okay, fine. It's going to be like whatever, you know, another shooter mm -hmm. and you go and do it and maybe it's fun, whatever. But like the reaction has been so, so broadly positive mm -hmm. from so many like different kinds of people that I just sort of follow and pay attention to you must like, i just really yeah. want to play it. and now i'm like actually excited like not just sort of curious but like actually excited about it so titanfall tuesday i think is march 11th yeah. what you and i are gonna do it's called titanfall tuesday i just called it that okay <laughs> yeah this episode is um we are gonna go to a late show of the lego movie you and i aren't we already watching the fucking dota movie that day no that's a week later oh oh this is the week before gdc yes oh perfect everything's no no this is all this is this is an airtight so plan. you guys are gonna have my friends told me this was good tuesday where you see the lego movie and then when titanfall unlocks midnight launch <laughs> we go to a late show of the lego movie we can go to the midnight launch of titanfall and then stay up all night wait what do you mean go to we'll go to the lego movie see we'll see like a nine fifteen lego movie but it comes out on and then Tuesday. yeah but that, whatever what is the lego movie so be playing somewhere night. yeah monday night you're right correct oh, correct okay. so monday night we'll go see the lego movie and then we'll go from there to get in line at our local video game retailer they sell the pc version yeah. Like, come on. What yeah. you'll do is you'll go to the game. You'll stop, get your download you'll, code. You'll live the hype by waiting in line, and then you'll just pick up a Steam gift card for sixty dollars <laughs> yes. and go home. I want I want a gray, extra large Hanes beefy tea with a Titanfall or Respawn Games yeah, logo right, on right. it, or both. <laughs> EA probably on the sleeve, or maybe on the yeah, back. Yeah. Titanfall game will come on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe on the butt. You, that's what yeah. you need. Whoa, that is like you're talking like a tent. Oh, this you're like, saying you want it on the butt of your t-shirt. Yes, this is a t-shirt that's so huge. If it's an XL, it's gonna be pretty big on me. I'm like a medium. I think you mean like those uh, those sweatpants that have. Do you like typically refer to? Yeah. I want no, I, I want, want Titanfall booty pants. I want it Titan on one cheek and full on the other. Wearing t-shirts so large that they can have a butt to them. Is that I'm, a thing that you frequently that you frequently do? No, I mean I have a pretty subdued wardrobe. I think, but I mean. Sure. And when I, you know what? Can I be honest with you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> I have my comps. Yeah. I have my comps that I yeah. wear when I'm at home. You, you I got, I have two pairs of like nice dress sweats that I call mm -hmm. them. They're like fuzzy, fleecy North Face pants. Mm -hmm. And then I have some larger t-shirts that show up at industry events that I wear. And those have butts. They say Titanfall on them. <laughs> I wish. Soon. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm down for that plan. All parts of it? I mean, we'll see about the midnight lot. I'm, <laughs> that's that's key to the plan. That's that's I mean, the fulcrum of the seems, entire plan. I, Otherwise, we're just going to a on a date. We're just going to a movie. <laughs> well, we can do that too. That's fine. No, but I I mean the mechanics of the like. I guess it just seems so weird. You know, I'll iron out the details. I'll, I'll iron out the details. Out. You just that's you just got to show up. Yeah, I'll pre buy the tickets and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Good. Have so you, you seen that movie? Lego? Yeah. No, no. Okay. Mm -mm. I've seen it, but I want to hear about Titanfall. 
the Lego uh, movie wait, of games. More about this it's crazy plan. that like it like so the multiplayer beta comes out, and I've always really enjoyed multiplayer betas. I think it's a really smart thing to do. Yeah, I like it too. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's worth pointing out that the multiplayer when it, when it was called multiplayer beta, mm-hmm. that made me think there was a single player. As exactly, wasn't paying any exactly. Attention what I was going to say okay. precisely. There's no single player game in this game. Uh, I'm not sure. I what? Mean, I know there's no campaign. Yeah, that's what I mean. But or, or there are campaign elements sort of woven into the multiplayer, and I'm not sure how that's okay going to work out because none of that was in the beta. But there's no traditional so, campaign. No, but there might be bot matches. I find it hard. Chris to has got the puzzling face. I just realized we're using different mics. Oh, that's okay. I thought you were doing that. This is not going to tape face. No, no. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to lose all that butt I t-shirt talk. Quiet or something, but that's what I'm doing. All right. No, I just have... Um, I have no idea how that stuff is going to pan out or whether they even have bot matches. I feel like it's strange to me that a company like that would release a game like that and not have any way to play it single player at all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be something. I'm but sure there is a terrible Has way there been more talked about this game? Because I saw Evan Lottie um, tweeted that like, they know nothing about this game really, except what's been self-evident in the beta, hmm. which is, I think is really interesting. Like they, they announced that there's like, they like soft announced that there was like large enemy NPCs. Like, if you're a Dota player, like a Roshan. Um, with NPCs? So that implies that's a single-player thing? No, no, no. no like, Every inside a multiplayer match would have... Like, sort of Dota-style oh, like, uh, creeps. So style. those exist. Oh. There are just sort of, like, other guys... Like, there are bots interwoven into your multiplayer yeah, match, which is weird. Isn't it six versus six in the beta or something like that? It was some... Six, six versus... Yeah, it's six, no, it's no, no, no. That's the whole game. It's six it's versus six. It's six versus no six mode. humans, but yeah. your team... Your team also has neutral creeps in it, like Dota or like like a, in, in the style of a MOBA. Yeah. But there's large hero creeps that were announced like via the art book well, <laughs> that went out. They're just like, oh, look at this guy. What's this guy? It's like, oh, he's in the game. God, that's what's weird. he that's do? Weird. Like, it's sort of a pacing thing, I it's think, cool. so that you're you're active as you're playing through the game. There's a number of reasons. Oh no, wait, right? I didn't that's, even. Sorry, oh. I'm such a uh, such a weirdo that I wasn't even thinking that was weird. The thing I was thinking was weird was how apparently pushed back and compressed their like marketing schedule. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Like it must yeah. be interesting to be on that team. I, I, presumably most of the people working on this game are AAA veterans, I would imagine. Yeah, a lot of X and like a war people and like yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's not even that big for No, no, like it's this. it's not. Okay, so that this is like interesting development all around in mm, that yeah, way then. Absolutely. Like I that must be kind of cool for them to be able to preserve as much of the I don't know, like details of the thing as they seem to be. Like that's not a thing you get to do very often with AAA games at this point. Like, no. If they have some other like single player mode or something that just nobody's seen or talked about yet, and that's in the game yeah. when you buy it, like that's a weird. Is that are people expecting that to be the case or like? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it does I, seem I like a know. mystery. But then, uh, well, do they need to reveal more? It seems like everyone's already champing at the bit for. Well, me. that's. I'm, well, I'm saying they clearly feel they don't need to, which is an it, which is like. An interesting position. And, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. thing and, like, cool for them to be able to do, you know, for the people on that team mm. to be able to do that because it's so rare. I'm just saying it's so rare to be able to actually hold that much back. These yeah, days. I'm genuinely excited to not just to play the game, which I already understand that I like and, you know, I want to play more of it, yeah. but I'm excited to see what else is in it. You know, like, yeah, it, like, it's it a very like rare, like, yeah. it's a very rare thing for a game to, yeah. like, mm. for there to be an element of discovery because there's so much about... Yeah. Mm game marketing especially now yeah. and also like i mean open development but that's a different issue where you just like oh i didn't know this entire feature existed i didn't yeah. know that that's really really cool well there's yeah i might actually play this game which is weird i guess i guess i keep thinking of it not as being on pc because the xbox one skew is the one that's pushed so hard but hmm. looking at uh sean and Ollie, looking at you guys playing it and seeing how much it 
ended up actually being evocative of like old competitive PC yeah, first person stuff was like the just the structure like everything is very small mm-hmm. multi-level arenas that feel like a weird combination of like a team fortress and an unreal map but the, yeah. except that then the scale of it is a little bit bigger because there's huge mechs and then all of the wall hopping uh like don't touch the ground traversal stuff inside of it like crazy mantling and wall runs which is all things that i love quick three and stuff quick yeah. three doesn't no, even have that like no, no this it, is this it's is like unreal tournament kind of has some of that no, stuff this this is is like maybe more yeah. recently but yeah i would say it's closer to something like it's almost a little mirror's edge. It's like mirror. It's like mirror's oh, edge or okay. thief or something, but where with, you can actually with a double jump and you can uh, jump up and then actually yeah. like run along walls for a bit, which you gain speed off of, and then uh-huh. you can like oh yeah chain up to a mantle right. onto a roof. Yeah. But like it's it has an amazing flow, especially yeah. because the 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 flow of an entire match, at least in the the beta, and I'm sure the, mo- the there's al- there's also different modes, but in like the most basic mode, um, it's like to a certain score, but six on six. Everybody kind of starts as infantry, so you're just sort of like running and mantling and trying to get position on people, while everybody's um, titans are sort of charging up. Mm. And then when you want to bring down your titan, you just say, "Give oh, it to me," falls. and it comes flying yeah, from the air and can smash. The titan falls. falls, so yes. it can be used as a. <laughs> it can be, they call it that? The titan falls. That's, <laughs> I think there like, was actually titans will that's, fall. That's was the, the one <laughs> single player dramatic. Right, short story. Yes, Titan of course. Falls. That's the single player component. That's the graphic the novel spinoff. <laughs> well, this is actually yeah, this is actually based on a small Eric Bogosian play from the nineties. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's a, just, oh, it's a two man play. It's an adaptation of the Titan Falls. Yes, by Eric Bogosian. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But the Toronto stuff in the game is just yeah, but wonderful. So you go from this nice like like everybody sort of like gaining position as infantry and then bombastic Titan battles with people on the ground, people in Titans, Titan versus Titan, just. What's this insane spectacle? But then once a team is lost, there's sort of a you have to get to the escape helicopter where all that mantling stuff comes right back into play. Except you're being hunted by titans and other infantry guys. Yeah, yeah, you, it's really good. You played Team Fortress Two, I imagine, right? Me, I played a lot of it. I mean, not nearly as much. You as remember you, how at the yeah. end of Team Fortress, there's basically just any the team that lost covers their heads and are just one hit kills, so the uh-huh. winning team can go and just give them. Yeah, Titanfall has an extreme version of that where the losers have their own like epilogue where you can sort of scrape a feeling of victory by making an evac point. It's really fun. And getting really onto good. a helicopter. It's yeah, pretty awesome. It's, it's and it's cool. got really nice feedback, yeah. It's nice. good. Hmm. It's a good game. In the two weeks that are yeah. whatever week that it was out, Ollie, you got really good at the mantling stuff. It yeah, was it's, it's so much fun. Once you sort of internalize all those systems, you can really quickly visualize where you want to be and get there, which is wonderful. Like you'll see an enemy titan down at the end of a row and you think, I want to jump up and you know get the guy out, and you quickly think, Well, I can more run off that, jump to that, jump to that, and then just do it, and he won't even see me coming. And it's amazing. Also, the sense of scale, I think, is something that's been done really, really well in that game. I mean, so many games where you play as a um, where you play as a, a pilot of a mech and you get out, it never feels like your um, it never feels like particularly different, right? In this game, when you're a mech, all the other players feel absolutely tiny, minuscule. Like they don't even matter. Like you can stomp right through them. Um, except that they jump onto your head except and shoot that, you. Except that as a player, you're really empowered, which is a really interesting dynamic as well. Like I never feel like when I'm not in a Titan, I'm going to be stomped by one. It's Really cool. Every right, player right. gets given an anti-titan rep from the start. You don't have to run around and find one. Right. Um, and if you manage to get on the back of a titan, you can do like a lot of damage really, really easily without mm-hmm. any sort of extra power-ups. It's really, really fun. In fact, I think I prefer being the pilot to the titan just for the maneuverability. Yeah, 
You prefer being running around? Yeah, I prefer oh, yeah. running around as just a dude. I mean, yeah. it's those games where you are a man like mantling around and doing crazy acrobatic shit in first mm-hmm. person is just such an easy sell for me anyway. Right. And this game does it so well um, that it just completely changes the multiplayer like experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting seeing all the people from Call of Duty uh, who... Like obviously jumping onto this and still not quite getting it. They're all kind sure, of running yeah, around yeah, on the yeah. ground into uh, the yeah, buildings. It's and so stuff. funny how many people aren't using the verticality yeah. at least in the beta. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're just transferring their like battlefield skills yeah, right into this game. Yeah, it's where it, you know, where it doesn't really work. Or at least I, I can't imagine they're having as much fun. Where I'm like zipping around on the rooftops right. like an idiot. You know, a month into this thing being a real game, that will just be the that will just of be the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll look completely ridiculous. No, it feels like it's cool. so nice that there is mm-hmm. a AAA shooter that doesn't make you feel weird mm-hmm. to play, and also is has a lot of refreshing mechanics in it, and it's really accessible. Good for well. those guys. And I hate that, like, I hate that term because it is at its core a hardcore shooter, right? It's it's a twitch based shooter. But unlike, say, the kill streaks in Call of Duty, everybody gets a Titan. So you you start with a like a three minute countdown, but every point you score reduces that counter. So the yep. best player will get his Titan first, which will put them that team mm. at an advantage. But it's just a really well thought out game. Seems balanced. I'm really excited to see the other maps. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Video games. Maybe I'll play it. You should play it. We'll see. We should all play it together. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. I would, it's funny, is I'd actually prefer to play the console version, but I'll. Yeah. It's the barrier to entry is higher for me at, at home, just because I play console games here. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll be playing the PC version. I just, I'm not going to get an Xbox One yet, at least. No, no it's yeah. definitely not yeah. for Titan. I'm probably end up getting it on both, just because I have friends that play different things. But yeah. I mean, we've almost got a whole team. But here. also think about That's this: oh. get a clan. <laughs> if, How do you if, feel about? If we're, if we're enjoying playing Titanfall on the PC, we can also set up an Out of Thumbs group and actually have some rounds with people with readers, which would be super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that actually, we, we plugged it at the beginning, but the Idle Thumbs DayZ server exists, at least for now, because it's expensive, and Ollie was impulsive and just decided to create one. Um, <laughs> but it's just called Idle Thumbs, and it's a hardcore first-person server, which is awesome, so you can't go into third-person, which I think is actually a more, like, true way to play DayZ, to be honest, because you can't use the third-person, like, sort of vision exploits. Hmm. Um yeah, it it seems like a really interesting server. We streamed some of it the other day, and we rolled into a, what is a school building in this town called Electro, and there was just a guy sitting there with his backpack on the ground, and there were books everywhere, <laughs> and he's just been capturing, he's just been finding all of the books on the server. Like <laughs> we call him the librarian, and, the archivist? <laughs> and bringing them to the school and just throwing them on the ground. And we showed up, and he's like, "Hey, man!" He's like, "Hey." Like, you guys want Don't anything? touch my books. He's like, you guys <laughs> you want to check out? I'm him. like, what are you doing? He's like, just waiting for somebody to kill me. God, I'm, I'm like, like what? <laughs> of course, that guy exists on the Idle Thumb server. I'm just here to read the public domain books in the game until yeah. I do- until I'm dead <laughs> until I'm killed. <laughs> yeah. So he took some of his stuff and like left. <laughs> it was really weird. It was. Did you break his glasses so that he couldn't read? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so get on there. It's um, you can just search Idle Thumbs in the uh, the the server filter. Uh, it's a West Coast server, so sorry if you're not near that. Uh, but you can still play with it, like a semi semi high ping. You'll be fine. I think Doug also set it up at like Idle. It's uh, daisy.idlethumbs.net. Yeah, yeah. So that exists as well, and. This weekend, we have an event. We're having, we're having, we're having a server event. event that you're welcome to partake in. 
Ollie and I decided that, which sucks because I'm going to have to get rid of the character I have on the server yeah, right now, but we are going to play the most dangerous game. Ollie and I are Two both spawns, going to spawn on the island. server <laughs> with the express goal of killing the other person. <laughs> and only Wait, just the two of you? Yeah, just the whoever two of us. else joins the server. Obviously, is no, 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 oh, no. Oh. We're going to lock it. We're going to make it private. So no, no, no. I think people no. should be on the server. It's no, fine. because then we'll just get trolled. We'll deal with that. No, we won't. But okay. we'll deal with that later. The point is, is we're both going to be on the server hunting each other, and we we'll the both all, be streaming. We'll it. both be streaming it. I'll probably stream from the idle thumbs. And the only way, and he'll probably be streaming it from all, and, from Ali Moss. And the only way we'll be able to find out who the other person is is through people telling us on Twitch chat. <laughs> so yeah, so they're, they're the only people who can tell who can like help us find the other person. And obviously they'll know, but without that you would never. It would be very very difficult right. to find the other person. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also a lot, a lot of scope for misinformation as well. Exactly. Mm. Various forms of information and misinformation. So this could go really poorly. Right. But this could be a disaster. That'll, that'll have be to happening. We're post about this in advance on the blog. Yes. Yeah. And on Twitter and stuff like that. But uh, we haven't picked a date. I'm feeling Sunday, Sunday, Sunday maybe Sunday morning. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Sunday. 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 Uh, you guys are welcome to join the server. I'll be out of town. Oh, Jake. I'll watch the stream. Okay. Good. Good. Whose stream will I watch, though? You should. You can, you can do both. You can do both. You can play. You have good internet. Right? Each other. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs and twitch.tv slash Moss. That's yes, correct. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You don't think that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. The most dangerous game? It's fine. It's, it's good. like Hunger Games-y style scenario that I like. Oh, yeah. Well. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be... Oh, scenario. Or that's why I think we should let people on the server, to, because you know, I trust that people won't... <laughs> won't hurt us but i do but i also trust that people will express their favor by bringing us weapons yeah. and things like well, this well maybe we should maybe we should um set a server password so people only people who know about the event can get on oh, so we're not, not just killed idea. by like some that's, random some random guy that's a very good idea great see yeah awesome anyway big things it's gonna be interesting so so where should people go to fight like we'll post it to the blog okay blog.idlethumbs.net and i will i will we will do that by the time this episode goes up, it will yeah. absolutely be on. Yeah. Okay. It's exciting. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be something. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's going to be... <laughs> yeah. Or it might be boring. Who knows? Yeah. Cool. You guys want to stop recording for a minute? Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah. I thought I'd just call one of Why'd you get all squirrely then? Video games. Miley Cyrus was on a Humvee that had a money cannon on it. Did she shoot cash into the audience? Not real cash. It was oh, gold. It was gold and cash. Yeah. It was chocolate coins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just fires like pennies. Yeah. Just like feed into the audience out of a cannon. A handful of just, pennies. Yeah. Like a flat cannon just shooting down these <laughs> oh, hot pennies. These <laughs> God. It's weird yeah. you went to a Miley Cyrus concert. It was fucking. Interesting. That image of her escaping on a giant hot dog at the yeah, end is out of that? control. That is. Was that is, her like farewell? I don't know how it works. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, that was her goodbye. She came back for the. Yeah. She came back for an encore, but that was just her. <laughs> she had six. Cost, she had six costume changes in an hour. One of them was into a giant hot dog in an hour and twenty minutes. No, that's when she put on the. She was wearing a yellow fur like. Coat that I. That she, she was the mustard. Hot dog on a stick. Uh, she cashier's was, outfit. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I know. Ugh. It's incredible. On so many levels, I'm still trying to figure out what's the most on what level, on how to really articulate what I think about the experience that I had. But man, there's so much money into the show, 
It's such a crazy production, and the things that they choose to produce are crazy. At one point, she gets in a rap battle with a 20-foot-tall snuffleupagus-looking guy who's a giant Sesame Street puppet being operated by four people. Jesus. Another time, she's a backup singer who has a big head on that's the size of this room, standing on a 15-foot pedestal. When you were, There's when- another time when she's rapping underneath a 30-foot wolf. There's lasers like... How much were these tickets? I don't know. When uh, you my were, friend is, when was you like, I have a ticket. I think there was, this display. one was like 55 bucks. That was like reasonable. It sounded like a child's fever dream. Like, I was on the bed, and then the midget came out, and then she rode away on a hot dog. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly right. Good. That is exactly right. High highs, low lows. That's how I... How yeah, I would, the, low the low lows were halfway through she decided she was going to have a weird acoustic set and like mm-hmm. on a different stage. Sure. Like she was like Nirvana unplugged. Right. Except she covered in no particular order... No, in this order. Landslide. Okay. Big eyebrow. Yeah. Fucking landslide. Then you can pull up landslide. <laughs> Follows up landslide with I shit you not. Hey ya. Outcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then follows that up just in a real just KO to the face. Dolly Parton's Jolene. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. How was that? <laughs> we're terrible. Yeah. They're, these were all bad. These were all categorically. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, these were all wrapped up. And then, you'll love this, Chris. Yeah. I don't know the title of the song, but it was by a little band called The Flaming Lips. <laughs> and I thought Chelsea was going to commit a murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Did she end up with tickets? She bought them. Just because? Or what? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. She's into, like, oh, wait, crazy no. pop, like, arena no, shows. Got, I've never been to an arena no, show, by from, the way. Didn't she get them from that guy? No. She got, the, her and her friend bought them together. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's just so much other shit. Anyway, it was fascinating. Sounds pretty interesting. It was so interesting. It was one of the most interesting cultural experiences I've had in a long time. Yeah. When's the last time you hung out with 40,000, 15 year old girls? It's been oh, a while, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Video games. I met uh, Chris Kohler's wife, Regina, I think is her name. Yeah. She uh, works at Intel. She's an engineer. So, super duper smart. And. I was asking her about what games she's into, and I didn't realize that she was like a seriously competitive like rock band player back mm-hmm. in the day, which is which is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And like talking about the community of people who have like figured out like what words you're supposed to sing if you're trying to perfect a song. Like you don't actually sing the words; it's like <laughs> sing these nonsense words, and you'll yeah. that's that's like what Jesus. that's like what the pros yeah. do. So we talked about that for a while, which is fascinating. But the thing that I thought you would find interesting, and I may have already said this to you. Is so I was like, what do you play? Like, what sort of games are you playing? And she's like, mostly just like free to play Facebook stuff. I was like, what? Excuse me? She's like, yeah, like I really like all the King.com games. I like this game, I like this game, I like this game, I like this game. What? Like, what's going on here? She's like, well, I just really love puzzle games. I love puzzle games. Puzzle games are my favorite type of games. And if I buy a puzzle game, it's always too easy. Always. I was like, and she's like, so, but if you play free to play games, and you make a rule to give them zero money mm-hmm. ever. And I've never given a free-to-play game a penny. Mm-hmm. They get so impossibly hard <laughs> that they're at a difficulty level that I find fulfilling. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's like the only way she can really get her fix 
is to play a free-to-play game that is almost, that is like walks it all the way up to impossible and then brings it back a little bit. That. Because it wants you to buy the token. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. That, Isn't that, I don't know, I thought that was really no, interesting. That is fascinating. Is this yeah. podcast material? Or? Oh, I'm talking into the microphone. <laughs> you can put this wherever you want. Uh, well, are we back? We're back. All right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey. 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 Hey, Ollie, you played Thief 4 for a little bit. I played a little bit of oh, Thief 4. Thief 4. Thief 4, yes. Yeah, Thief. The 4th. I good. think this is called I, Thief now. It's Thief the game. Yes. Thief the video game. Available on all platforms. Uh, it's interesting. I'm. This is, a, this is a, a, an impression. It's an impression. Because you've only played a few you hours. You beat it. Yes. <laughs> I, I played about two hours of Thief. Mm-hmm. And it seems really conflicting to me, or conflicted, I should say, because sure. they, I feel like the philosophy of that game is that they're putting you in this guy's head, like, and in the environment, really, like, concretely. So you have your hands coming out and touching everything. You pick all the individual items up. You know where the old thief they would just sort of disappear off the table whenever you stole them. Yeah. In this game, it seems like they're trying really, really hard to get away from that and make you feel like a, like a physical character. But then they'll randomly just pull you out into a third-person view or oh. into third-person climbing. And, it's, and the character design is, like, weird and very, very video gamey. Like, it, it feels really designed by committee. And it's so strange to me. I mean, it sort of worked in Deus Ex, which I think was the same studio, right? It was. Yeah, which... But I think that was because... I love that game. It's really, really good. Deus Ex was one of my favorite games of that year. And I thought this game was going to be similar in terms of like the open-ended levels. Um, yeah, that specifically sounds like a thing that it wasn't necessarily removed. I read Kirk's review, and it presented a really persuasive case for why I probably wouldn't like this game. <laughs> I mean, he didn't like it. Which is which um, is what? Like, I, I haven't read it, so... Um, he talked a lot about just how generally constrictive the game feels. Like, the it, game it really does, wants yeah. you to feel like you're in these interestingly interconnected levels but everything is just kind of corridors and like it's, it's very when you go through yeah. a window it immediately closes behind you automatically mm-hmm. in a way like it, it it sounds as though i mean this is a problem that a lot of games have you know it's, it's like getting over the challenge of streaming large interconnected areas without um hard loads mm. um but usually the trade-off when you do that is that you need areas where you're just disguising seamless loading that's going on, and those areas are frequently not it's very, very functional or interesting and, yep. and or, or like expressive. And so it sounds like this game was built from a lot of that. I mean, again, I'm only going off Kirk's review, but like I read, I the general reaction seems to be along the same lines. Mm, I saw it, there's it feels very constrained by its technology, and I yeah. think a lot of that is. Probably, and I'm not um, Mr. Like technical video game guy, but sure. it seems like lighting because that game is so dependent on real time lighting that they probably can't have that it be that specific over huge areas. I think it's like a big. That's thing. a bummer if that's the reason. That's such a I, I don't unfortunate know. It, reason to. I, I mean, it's, it's unreal I have game. No idea, but um, yeah. as opposed to the uh, to uh, sorry, Tomb Raider, the um, uh, Deus Ex, which I think Billy was in the Tomb Raider engine, weirdly. Oh, was it? Yeah, th- that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah. The Unreal Engine notoriously has that kind of problem with streaming mm. large areas. But, I mean, my, my biggest problem with it is just that like, it doesn't feel like it has a cohesive philosophy to the way it wants to do things. Mm. It'll randomly switch between third person and first person in ways that I don't like um, when it seems really 
trying very hard to make the first person the thing. Right, because you're saying game. it has yeah all that like hands reaching out. The hand stuff is, is fantastic. Yeah. It's done really, really yeah. well and yeah. feels great. But there's, there's <laughs> other things as well. I think that was like Kirk's one positive was like yeah. nice hands or something. Yeah, it is. Nice hands. The hands <laughs> or, are great. One of the reviews I, I read. Mean, there's, other thing, there's other things as well. Like in a game that is trying, again, trying very, very hard to make you feel like you're trying to be quiet all the time. Like the loot noise when you pick things up, it's like ding, ding, ding. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm this thief that's carefully pulling a coin off yeah. the table. I feel like he's grabbing it and chucking it into a giant loot sack, but he's <laughs> carrying over his head and it's just making this god awful racket. I don't know. I know that was like, that's a, probably a throwback yeah, to the old, old thief game. But, 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 but still, I mean, that's it, totally legitimate. Yeah. yeah, if it, it makes you feel a certain way, it then did, it's totally legitimate. It feels like a lot of disparate ideas. I mean, it had a trouble development, right? It was like a six-year development. Yeah, it was in development for a long time because I went and yeah. saw, I went and visited that studio like when they'd only been when they'd been open for less than a year, and they were mm. working on uh, De- like Deus Ex was pretty far along at that point, but that was still a few years before Deus Ex came out, and Thief was like they had a guy walking around a world like that. So, I mean, that game's clearly been in development for years and years and years. And there's, there's cool things about it, right? Like, it just moving around feels fantastic. It has the same similar thing as Titanfall to me, which is getting from A to B feels great. Mm-hmm. You hold down left trigger, it's very sort of Assassin's Creed, yeah, right. and you vault, you jump up walls, you do that, and it feels great. The problem is that game is about moving slowly through environments and being, like, the well, only also, time you use that game, that, those... Like, the rope arrows have pre... Like prescribed, yeah, prescribed areas, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's There's stuff like that about when you can plant them, and when you can't. Well, that's like that. that's that's a problem. Uh, but in a game where the running is so fun, uh, you only use it in a fail state when you've been spotted, really, which is right, which is a, a problem. Also, it, it, the game seems inconsistent in its rules about what you can and can't climb. So, whereas holding the left trigger in a game like Assassin's Creed is great because you can climb anything, yeah. anything you can see. Yeah. In this game you're running away that you've got people right behind you and you run into a wall that you can assume like down a dead end that you just assume you can climb because it's the same height as all the other ones you've been climbing right and you just railroad like right into yeah, it and the guys point. come up and stab you in the back and you're, yeah. you're dead so it, it's but this, there's a lot of stuff to like about it as well i'm, I'm sure there is i it's, in general that kind of overall inconsistency is something that i feel like has become kind of a hallmark of like mid-tier triple a action games in the last several years like i Mm. there's like a certain quality to games like this that have kind of a mandate where like a developer is assigned something Mm. and then it's like okay plug away on it for a while okay this is like the bureau right like the XCOM thing similar Mm. thing where it's like here we need a thing from this franchise that is basically this category of thing just like go make it spend years making it just comes out kind of half-baked on the other end because Mm. It had to like solve particular problems that were inextricable from the core like charge that the developer was given. Um, but then they're presumably battling all kinds of other like technical challenges and and like things that are engine choices are probably not super flexible and like mm. all these things that they have to go up against. I as this generation has kind of or the previous generation has kind of wound down. It feels like there's been a lot of things like that. But it's but it's so strange to me that. Deus Ex Human Revolution was a game by the same studio that felt like a better Thief game than the new Thief game does. Yeah, go figure. Which is bizarre to me. And a lot of that is just uh, environmental design. And like, For example, in Deus Ex, in fact, um, also uh, Dishonored mm-hmm. as well, 
you felt like when you opened a drawer, there was the environment stuff was placed really well. It sort of told a story. The mise en scène was like really well designed. Mm-hmm. In this game, you open a drawer and it's like cup twelve G. Great, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Sure. It's like it reminds me of you know the scene in Arrested Development where George Michael opens the cupboard and there's like one Starbucks cup in there and he just takes it out. It's like that is what the entirety <laughs> of Thief feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so you, you go to some guy's like desk in, in an office and you open it and the drawer is completely empty except one pair of scissors that he's just like left in there. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. We have drawers like that in this office, but they're done as sort of an homage to, you know, video game drawers. Yeah. <laughs> as in you can only open one of them. Every- <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've colored one drawer slightly different and inside of it is one pair of scissors and some pills. <laughs> we haven't done that. Maybe there, we should. There is that one that just has tongs in it, though. So, you know, that's what I was talking about. Tong drawer. Yeah. You want to talk about Lords? Yeah, I played, I've been playing uh, an iPhone game called Calculords. So I was... That sounds um, cool, Chris. It sounds like a really cool thing, that, like a cool guy <laughs> to play. Probably. I hope it was suggested to you by, like, the App Store wizard guy. No, it was not. I've actually... <laughs> you would like Calculords. Oh, God, I wish. I, they even have, I don't even think they have that. Do they even have the thing like that? No, no, no. Because you are a lord, you would like <laughs> Calculords. Um, so I've known about this game actually for years because... Um, do any of you guys know Matt Franklin from Double Fine? Yes. He's a programmer. I don't he's know super him good personally, guy. but okay, I know well, he's, he's great. He, he um, several years ago, he left Double Fine to go be an independent guy a calculator and he you know sean baby the like yeah guy who wrote for egm a million years ago cracks and, like, and stuff yeah like, cracks yeah, and yeah. stuff he yeah. that guy matt franklin teamed up with that guy and like someone else to make this game called calculords that i guess has been in development for years to the point that like eventually matt had to just get a regular job again so he went back to double fine um but i guess like they found a new programmer and that person and Sean Baby and whoever the artist is kept working on it until now. And it finally came out like last week, I think um, it's a weird fucking game. It's so weird. Um, it's gone. Yeah. It's hard to explain it. So it's a turn based tactics game. Well, I don't even know if it's tactics, but like you play the game with three horizontal rows of enemies and you can de- uh, deploy. Your- Are they the calculards? You are a calculord. Okay. You are a, a star nerd, and I guess the I, I guess a star nerd is a variety of calculord. Um, so you deploy your enemies in one of these three, or your you know units in these three horizontal rows, and then they march to the right, and then your AI opponent's units he deploys them on his three horizontal rows, and they march to the left, and like when they hit each other, they do battle with like a very basic just. Attack points minus defense points equals damage, and like it's you know very simple. Um, or like you chip away at, at damage uh, at defense, but the way you deploy enemies is by adding, multiplying, and subtracting numbers together until they equal the casting cost of the unit. So like every turn you draw five or whatever potential creatures to cast, and then you're also given a random assortment of nine digits, nine different digits. And you might have one that costs two and one that costs 67 and one that costs 25 and one that costs 16. And like how in a given turn, however many of those costs you can make with just the nine. So it's like calculator boggle basically or something like you have the pool and you've got to like, I don't remember how boggle is played using those numbers 
to make a, to make a number doesn't does it take away one of the numbers from the pool or is it more just like how many combina- like can you make the, can you use the combinations in different ways um so yeah it takes it away so like if okay. let's say you have a a 1 a 5 a 9 and a 7 if you multiply the 9 times a 7 now you just have a tile that says 63 okay and then you can cash in that 63 to play a a unit that costs 63 to cast and then is it exactly 63 or can you spend 63 on something that's like 50? No, it has to be exactly. Okay, gotcha. That's what makes it. Hard. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's so, what makes it a calculator. I get it. <laughs> and then if you manage to get rid of every, exactly like every number tile on your board, then you get essentially a second round of casting. You get nine new numbers and you get a hold, a chance to do it again in your turn. And it's like, that is such a massive thing that you, I, you just have to go for it every single turn. Like it just has to be what you, part of your part of what you're doing is like adding and subtracting and multiplying these numbers in such a way that you use all of them. So there's nothing left at the end, and then you get to do it all over again and cast more stuff. Are um, the numbers? This is a dumb thing, but is there? Are they always generating an optimal nine, or no, is it random? You actually, so okay. you know what I mean, yeah. So that yeah. leads into the w- the other part of this game that I haven't talked about yet, which is deck creation. So like. Both your yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. I saw a screenshot of this by the way, and almost downloaded it. And then I'm I'm going to download it now. Yeah, but I'm glad that I'm getting this before downloading it because right. I don't know if I could. Yeah. So the you put you can put together a deck of your like units. You know, you have a deck of at least thirty cards that make up the units you can cast in a battle. And that like when you beat an enemy AI guy you get a couple of his or her cards to go into your like potential pool to make your deck from. And so that there's a deck construction there, but then you also can tweak like the number distribution. It's called like your numbers deck. So you always have zero through or wait, you already, you always have, I guess one through nine. Um, and then on top of that, you can add like an extra two or like an extra seven to, to basically mess with the probability of getting a particular number. And even those numbers, you have to like accrue more number tiles over time by beating enemies. Um, although you always have access to one through nine, if you that's just always the case. Um, and so it it's one of the weirdest games I've played in a long time because the two those two parts of it, the like using numbers to cast units based on like arithmetic, and then deck creation in the vein of like Magic: The Gathering or Netrunner or like any deck creation game. They are so they are such different mental things, and it, I wonder, how, like, what the audience for this game is like because you have to get besides you. Well, that's the thing. I'm. I feel like I'm only like fifty to sixty percent the right audience for this because I actually really enjoy the math part, but that feels like the entire game to me because it's so. It's like not like ho- unpleasant, but like it's definitely challenging to like put together all these little equations in such a way that you exactly use up all your tiles and like then do it again. And there's weird numbers, you know, you end up with like like 117, like crazy shit. That's like requires many steps to, to reach. Um, like I've done ones where I used all nine tiles just to cast one thing and which includes things like subtracting a number from itself. So you have zero and you can add zero to the one you already have just so you can get rid of those dead tiles that you don't need for anything. Um, so that you end up with a blank slate um, but I, I, I've never been like a deck creation guy. Like that's the reason I could never get into Magic the Gathering. Like I just don't, 
I just don't enjoy that. Like the part mm. I like about games most of the time is like the mechanics parts or like in a single player game, the exploration and stuff. But I like reacting to what is, um, what is there and like figuring out interesting ways to like use mechanics to create interesting things or, or like interpret a thing that's going on in a game. But I don't really enjoy the sort of meta stuff of, okay, you're not in the game really now. You're like just arranging things to prepare for being in the game. And it's totally fine that people enjoy that. And like, mm-hmm. I can totally imagine why they do. And like, that's, that's great. But I've, I always just find it very tedious and stressful. And like uh, having to like, remove cards from my deck to like have a more optimum number. And like these things I find just very stressful. Um, and I, it's just not really my thing. And so I play this game and I'm like, I just want to play the part where I just do all the math shit. And then I just play the game, but I know it's actually a fairly difficult game because the enemies get pretty tough after a while. And I know that to, even if you did the math part perfectly, you need to do some amount of deck balancing just to make sure you're not going to get totally stomped by the like mm. increasingly challenging decks that you you know you as the game goes on you go through this like star map and you fight you know more more challenging enemies so of course your deck has to get better to to match up to that and it i wonder how, like i wonder how much thought there was to to that the sort of duality in this game or if it was just you know Sean Baby or whoever is just like well i just like both of these things and that's what that's just making that game and if so that's totally fine but man it is a tall order i feel like it is a this game sounds great it's <laughs> super really fucking fascinating like i want to go try it's this not like right like now other things that i've yeah. played right like it's i mean there's tons of deck creation games out there but like combining that with a weird sort of edutainment like math blaster thing is like such a straight it's such Should a weird called it choice Should have called it math blasters. well that is a real that's game. a real oh, game. that's a real game yeah. can, I, can i get that as well <laughs> i want to play all of these games math yeah. blaster is popular in american elementary school computer labs well we'd call it maths blasters you call it <laughs> oh, yes, that's true <laughs> <laughs> maths blaster i think the original one was just math blaster i don't think yeah. it was plural there's no there's no s yeah. yeah no math blaster but yeah yeah maths blaster okay <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, calculoids. Oh, also, here's the thing about it: that in case you're thinking Sorry. it might sound interesting, but you don't necessarily think it'd be worth paying it's for. Free, right? It's free, and the the free to play stuff is super lightweight. There's a there's one ad that you can click away at the end of every game. But games are long. It's not. This is like the opposite of something like Threes, which I talked about a couple weeks ago, which is just mindless, like bam, 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 bam. This game, you you're know, on you like play, a campaign. Basically, yeah, you're right? on a campaign, and so the frequency of ads is ridiculously low and I ended up buying the $1.99 just get rid of ads and get extra game stuff thing so I'm like well whatever even if even if regardless of how much I play this game these people totally deserve fucking $2 from me and it'll make these already infrequent ads go away so I I bought that um, mm. and I feel like even if you don't buy that you could totally download this for free to see if it's something you're interested in without worrying that you're going to have to deal with a bunch of advertising so Calculords. It's on mm-hmm. iOS only, I think, right now. I hope it does well for them. Like, this is the, it's, oh, also visually, it's fascinating because <laughs> I mean, we'll just we'll just keep waiting for like that. Also, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just it's such a strange fucking artifact, right? Like, it looks like it actually looks like something from the era of Math Blaster. Yeah, it looks like an original, like a yeah, first it looks Duke like, Nukem. It's like an EGA yeah. kind of PC. Pick. It looks it's, like a first Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. <laughs> 
Sorry, you said that. Sorry, I had a yawn coming up. I was like, I had a weird breath. So it came out as Duke Nukem. It's like one of those Nukems. Fuck, but for fucking nerds. It's like a mass blaster. Did you see that Gearbox is suing 3D Realms over their continued use of Duke Nukem? Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Do they own that now? Apparently, apparently, like, I haven't read enough about this to speak with any authority, but it seems like. 3D Realms is operating as if they sold Duke Nukem Forever to Gearbox, and Gearbox is operating as if they sold Duke Nukem. Because 3D Hurry Realms... Read a fucking contract! Use that? I don't know, but 3D Jesus. Realms is putting out some other Duke Nukem-related content, mean? and Gearbox is like, what the F is happening? What is this? Maybe it was neither of those. Maybe it was that they, had, they got the rights to Duke Nukem Forever, but also, for like X number of years, Duke Nukem publishing rights, but not IP rights. Also, who, who knows, still right? thinks yeah. there's meat on that bone? Scott Miller and George Broussard, apparently, because they they love Duke Nukem. They're continuing to bet on Duke, <laughs> even after they, in fact, well, the slogan, are legally prohibited from betting on Duke. The, slo- the slogan is always bet on Duke, so they're actually yeah. they're not able to stop betting. Yeah. They would really yeah. like we to sign it away, but like they're just sweating profusely. <laughs> we gotta keep betting on him. It's not all Duke. We're well, making 3D. a new game, Duke Nukem. Because didn't didn't 3D Realms like try to attempt to sue Gearbox for uh, royalty, like unpaid royalties, and then oh, revoked yeah, their lawsuit God, as well? Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on between yeah. those. 3D Realms has a very interesting business history. Did, how many how many copies did Duke Nukem Forever sell? Right, it, it definitely made them a profit. I'm sure. Like it didn't sell like a lot, them, even though it was I terrible. Mean, right. uh, I'm sure it made Gearbox. That's profit. what I mean. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's what I mean. It probably right? made Gearbox so, definitely profit, was not also, profitable as a project. The number, no, 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 the number no. of previous publishers and developers attached to Duke Nukem yeah. right. Forever, like that money has just sailed so far off of any relevant balance sheet that I'm yeah. sure Duke Nukem Forever lost money on the whole. On but, the whole, but as for Gearbox, like for Gearbox and and well, because Take Two. It has to have been, it has to be a loss for Take Two Interactive, right? Because Take yeah, Two Interactive so much money into that bought GT Interactive and inherited all right. of their yeah. balance sheet. And GT they only, the but they bought publisher. them for Max Payne. That's the reason they bought them. I do believe that was like the reason they wanted them. Right, but that they, was the IP that was valuable at the time. No, they bought Max Payne the IP separately from, from 3D Realms. That's correct. And then they bought yeah, Duke Nukem correct. Forever the project and possibly Duke Nukem the IP right. from 3D Realms. After that, but like. I maybe hopefully hopefully who knows, right? hopefully did they Gearbox and and uh, and 3D Realms are suing each other, and then meanwhile it just turns out Take Two somehow still owns. It's gonna this. Duke Nukem MMO in the works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. You're welcome. I bet that's World been, of Duke. I bet that's gotten <laughs> at least Nukem as far as something. It's, that's you know, gotten, that that's gotten to a PowerPoint. Oh, sorry. Yeah, GT definitely. was bought by Infograms. So oh, their innovation. Yeah. So uh, Atari, I guess, took like the publisher side financial hit on Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> like, what a weird! Follow the money of Duke Nukem Forever, and then your face will just explode with Duke Nukem. Well, these conversations always it. just remind me of the GDC parties that you don't want to be at. Oh God! You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. When you're at like you're in a fucking like the like weird Chinese themed club in Soma, and there's just like a bunch of people drinking cocktails who all like do any Dudes of these with people slick back hair and make one shirt fucking on video buttons. games? Perhaps yeah. two and shirt it's buttons. Like, yeah. the people who are trading paper on all this shit. It yeah, feels it's like the worst. I know. Yeah. I, you know what like, I mean? There are parties like that at Dice. I would say exactly, more frequently. exactly right. <laughs> Where you're sitting there drinking like That's your, just the your ambient fourteen dollar conversation noise at, at Dice is yeah. just like yeah. oh valuable IP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> International rights. I really want to talk about Super Mario Brothers three, but I don't know if I can go into Mario three after after the rise of the Calculords. Whatever. It was an onslaught of Calculords. Sorry, I talked about Calculords so much. 
you made, uh, despite your, like, I don't know what the deal is with Calculards, you sort of <laughs> made a pretty intense case for Calculards being a sweet game. Well, I have yeah, played yeah. it. Okay. I, I didn't mean to get us back on Calculards. I know, I know, I know. I will sum this up in a, you know, one-handed number of sentences, I swear to God. Oh, I thought that was going to be uh, one word. One-handed number of words. One-handed number of sentences. Damn it. Sorry. You know, there's a one-sentence chapter in that Michael Shabin book, right, that's like, the parrot, the parrot yeah, one. That's yeah, it's like fourteen pages. Yeah, it won't be that. So, do your worst. Um, I'm just going to say, even though I don't enjoy getting particularly into the deck creation stuff, I have found that with the fairly simple approach of just when I get a new cards, if there's one that's amazing, I put it in the deck and then remove one. Um, I've still been able to basically power through the enemies in the game without losing more than a couple battles and that's been fine and that's one sentence and I'm done. That was one amazing sentence. It's like I was waiting for the period. Um, (laughs) It's funny to me that you chose that information (laughs) as like you had one missile to deliver your payload and you're like you can swap your cards in your deck and you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) The reason is because I didn't want to suggest that the like balance of what the game is is like so weighted towards the decoration stuff that it's actually understood and shitty. Understood. Anyway, but now I'm going to follow that up with, with a bl- with, Yeah. <laughs> I really oh, like that Nobi Nobi Boy shirt. It's really good, right? It's got yeah. Nobi Nobi Boy Wait, on it. did you get that? Oh, is that a panic shirt? I got it when yeah, I visited from panic. panic a while ago. No, no, I've yeah. never seen you wear that. Oh, am um, I wearing it today? It's Jake's neon. wearing a Nobi Nobi Boy t-shirt. It's, it's white, but has a neon Nobi on it. Yeah. It has a white boy on it. What? It has a neon boy. Nobi Nobi. Oh. a pink boy. It a <laughs> Let's keep talking about the color of the boy on my shirt. <laughs> Jake's boy. Oh, Mario. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario is my boy, apparently, based on how much I've talked about him in the year yeah. 2014. Yeah, no kidding. Um, still a year of Luigi. I, I like the... I, I like- that you are maybe yeah. like in like this Nintendo Fun Club and you're getting you're accruing points every time you talk <laughs> about, you talk yeah. about Mario and Idle Thumbs. Well, the, the real fucking like piece de resistance is that you and your friends threw a Mario three party. It yeah. was a sleepover that was yes. Mario themed. Yeah, because so, you're grown men. Continue. <laughs> my friend Jared uh, didn't have a Nintendo as a kid. He had a, he had a Ramo esque mother. Um, based on what we all have heard about Chris's video games related uh, thing. And Jared said, you know, I, it would be awesome if we actually just did have a Mario 3 sleepover where everyone comes over, we get sleeping bags, eat a bunch of really just just the you know, Domino's or Little Caesars or whatever, eat a bunch of candy beans and beat Mario 3. So we did this weekend. We showed up at his house around like 8 o'clock on Saturday, stayed up till 3 in the morning, kept like beefing it on World 8-3. Everyone fell asleep, um, woke up and then defeated the game before breakfast. It was good. Um, also, we watched The Wizard in two parts. <laughs> Where did you where did you pause? I, like what what where is the intermission point in that movie? <laughs> I think I think was after the power glove battle? No, you I don't remember exactly. We we stopped like right before they were getting to Los Angeles. So Okay, okay. so um, you basically basically uh, we started end of off, the second act. Yeah, we started off by watching the first half of the wizard and they said, Let's take an intermission from the wizard and beat Mario three, uh, which we didn't do. But anyway, um I wore a Mario shirt, which I bought because I used to wear a bunch of Mario t-shirts in fourth grade. It's funny because I would have found the warp whistle stuff from the movie, like, valuable if I was in your position. Did you guys use warp whistles? No. Okay. So, okay, yeah. We, go on. We had the rule, which was do not use warp whistles under uh, at any cost. But if you want to show off that you know where they are, which is the most juvenile knowledge in the world. You can You can, you can them. get them. But what that fucking means is that someone sets the Wii remote down on the ground and someone else steps on it, flips over the inventory, activates a warp whistle. So, we skipped 
motherfucking big world, a.k.a. the best part of Mario oh, 3. Uh, world 4? We've skipped World 4. Also, okay. as I was reminded at the end of the game, is known as Giant Land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the thing that I want to get to, and I know I already kind of talked to some of you guys about this, is just... Mario 3 has been one of those games. The way you said that, as if it was like an action item for work. No, look, I know I've already uh, talked to you about some of this, but uh, here, I'm just going to recap I know. Mario I, 3. I, I we're like doing I, two-sided copies now, two-sided. Yes. So we're all clear. <laughs> we really got to keep the paper budget low. Yeah. Remember to shred all the Mario impressions on the golden anyway. rod. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mario 3 is a game that's been like on my sort of understood list of games that are the best games that I like the most without sort of a like I don't really keep that list maintained the way that I do. You have taken your fandom of that game for granted for it's a just long time. Yeah, it's, of course. It's rare that I like have. Like Godfather's a good movie. Right. Like it's, Mario 3 is very much like like Godfather's a good movie. Then you go watch it again and you're like oh my god this is actually fantastic for all these reasons that I remember and then now that I'm seeing it as a new like as a person who hasn't like looked at this stuff for years and I've had different life experiences and I'm smarter and older I get more out of it. That happened to me with Mario 3, which was not what I was expecting. <laughs> the idea of you in a child's sleeping bag eating child food from your childhood and then realizing that you are now a man who is wise and has a different perspective on life is hilarious. It was great. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> I saw the photos. Nothing about it looked regretful. I like that you drove to Shameful, the office to pick maybe. up your Luigi hat to take with I you did as well. I that also. <laughs> and for our readers at home, that is like 13 miles out of his way. <laughs> I had to come get it. Um... Uh, yeah, I've played through Mario World a number of times since it came out for whatever reason. I don't know why. Like, I think I played that one on the GBA or I played it on emulators or something. And I sort of, it, it, Mario World paved over in my brain what sort of Mario design is. And I think it's because the design, level design style of Mario World is what just got carried over forever. Like, it's just a long sort of weird multi-part maze that eventually goes you go left to the to end. Right. You just go left to right forever. And the objective of this game is to, not to navigate this maze in the words of Chris's dad, uh, but the objective in Mario World is just get past the enemies, jump over all the gaps, more or less, and you're at the end. It has, the way that, the one way that Mario World mixes it up, obviously, is that there are secret exits, so the whole sort of, the sub-game in that is to find the extra route out of the red levels or whatever, but playing Mario 3 again... I was super shocked to see how much of that game is, like, weirdly cyclical, how much of it is, like, puzzles that build on top of themselves where like you see a level and it seems completely impassable and then what looks like failure like you fall down a gap and you're like I'm down in the shitty under the level part or whatever you're intended to go down there and explore that space because you find that like there's hidden blocks down there that create a path that you didn't know was even part of the space before or you understand that what you've actually fallen into is like a weird inverse mirror of the upstairs and there's all these things that use the, the really simple vocabulary of Mario 1, basically, with the addition of doors, I guess, but it's, you know, just blocks, invisible blocks, doors, and jumping on guys, and each of the levels is super short and spatially just, like, very tight compared to what you think of when you think of, like, a Mario map just being, like, an infinite player piano roll of platforming, and it reminded me so much of, like, modern indie platforming design that I'd completely forgotten about. Like, it's just... the it's number, cool. Yeah, it's... It's weird to just say, if you haven't played Mario 3 since you were a kid, you should probably actually go and play Mario 3. And don't fucking warp to World 8, because that's, I think, the way that most people who played Mario 3 as a kid play it now, is you just, like, get the two warp whistles in World 1 and then dig around in Big World or whatever. There's so much stuff in that game, and all of it... Giant Land. 
I actually skipped Giant Land, and that's fine because Giant Land, I think, actually, might, like, that's the one that I always go to because it's such a fun, weird novelty on the surface. But Giant Land is actually closest to Mario World because it is just look at the wackiness of these right. huge characters that you're jumping on, get to the end. Whereas, like, the ice and sky and pipe worlds and the stuff they do at the water levels. Oh, man, pipe world. Fucking pipe world is yeah. intense, but, like, there's just. It's like, really hardcore. Yeah. And there's, they, like, a lot of top to bottom stuff in that, too, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like. The Pipe World stuff, there's a lot of levels that it's just one screen width where when you walk off the left side of the screen, you come back on the right, right. side of the screen. Oh, man, and that was a good one. this weird vertically stacked puzzle yeah, of yeah, interlocking yeah. tubes. Like, I don't know. There's just the specific detail put into each level in Mario 3 is surprising given that, like, it's sort of always taken for granted that Mario games have good level design, the 2D ones do. But this, this one, I was reminded, just is so... Is so different when it's at its best in a way that the other ones aren't really. Like the other one, like I don't know. I play. I've I've internalized too much Mario stuff. <laughs> uh, to to prove that point, I pointed out getting the warp whistles was a baby way to show off, and then it was revealed that no one else at the party knew where the warp whistle was hidden in World Two, where you get the hammer from the Hammer Brothers and smash the rock in the upper right hand corner of the map. <laughs> so, well, except for you, I knew it. But you I, were the baby <laughs> who knew. I was the baby who knew. And who showed off accidentally. You're that show-off baby. <laughs> Everyone else knows that who listens to this podcast. That kick-flipping sure. show-off baby. <laughs> Man, I haven't played Mario With his backwards years. Luigi hat. I don't think I've ever played Mario 3. I have. I got. I had it on um, GBA when they re-released it. Oh, God, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. My grandmother gave me Mario 3 for Christmas. Yeah, my uncle gave us Mario 3 for Christmas, and it was like... When I was seven years old. I was not expecting to get it, and my mind was blown because Mario 3 was the game to have if you were a yeah. Nintendo Were you dork. revealed Mario 3 in the actual movie, The Wizard? I was actually I think, educated about that. I think that I was. When, it, when he said Super Mario 3, full Italian Spider-Man yeah. face. <laughs> I was, yeah. Mario 3 was revealed to me in The Wizard, and then I remember Mario World came out, and I was just old enough, and also I guess it's because I hung out I was at the Boys and Girls Club after school all the time between NES and Super Nintendo, but there was one kid who actually imported a magazine from Japan that had like the full 16-page full-color <laughs> spread about Mario World, so we were like, wow, this looks amazing, we have no idea what any of it means, yeah. what's this dinosaur? You know, like, uh, yeah, but Mario 3, The uh, Wizard, for sure. I wasn't well, allowed video games. Man. My parents thought it would turn me into a nerd. And now... <laughs> oh, mine too. I was the same with me. Yeah. Well, they were right. Completely right. And <laughs> that withholding something generally means so somebody we'll just point out compelled that the two to most have it forever. people in this room are the two people who weren't allowed to waste their lives on video games growing up. That's fine. Oh, I just That's drew my fine. own Sonic the Hedgehog characters. And, dream, yeah. and dreamed about... And then moving. Dreamed about playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. You, you were actually... You'd press a button on the television <laughs> was, remote I, and pretend had, it was jumping. I wasn't allowed uh, a Mega Drive or, sorry, a Genesis. No, I love that it's called the Sega Mega Drive everywhere else. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's amazing. So, but I was allowed to read the Sonic the Comic like magazines. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how I got my Sonic. That's how I got my Sonic film. Wow. And yep. here we are. Yep. The Ollie Moss we know and love today. This has been really insightful. Nah. All around. <laughs> <laughs> Want to read some reader mail? Yeah, yeah let's do a couple of those. some mail. Yeah. And you, the readers. Explode with excitement at this reader mail? Yes. E-explode, like email. Yeah, are you ready to E-explode? <laughs> E-explode. Nathaniel Baldwin writes, Hey, Thumbs, I'm starting to get into the IT field, and I've become curious about what those jobs are like in the games industry, particularly small to medium-sized companies. While large companies like EA have the share of employees who do more mundane things like HR, accounting, and so on, who would need IT support like any group of office workers. What about the people like you guys or the programmers and level designers? It seems like they'd be a somewhat more tech-savvy lot, and that might make them less troublesome to support or perhaps more difficult since they might be more capable of circumventing security policies if they were of a mind to. 
it also seems like there were a lot of risks, like things getting leaked on happy gamers or workers slashing out at whatever network assets they can target. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, so while I don't anticipate finding a network admin job at a game company in my neck of the woods, I was just curious. Take care, guys. Nathaniel, the Lando Stander. I thought this email was interesting because I feel like IT in the games industry is often taken for granted for the reason that he said at the beginning, but it's also yeah. essential for it's that so exact important. reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the, the IT guys are the guys who, I mean, usually anyway, at a company with enough people to have a full-time IT staff or person, like they'll manage your source control server, they'll deal with your company security, um, you know, they'll deal with putting up the protection between the stuff that like the server that represents your company, the outside world with your web server and email and stuff versus your internal servers where your, you know, documents are stored and where your source control is and all that stuff. And like, they'll set up new computers when new people are hired and fix shit when it goes wrong. I mean, like, I guess that those things are obvious, but there's a, games have so much technical infrastructure that they run on, not just like within a given given developers workstation but just like shared with the company to hold like build processes that have to be done on a server rather than on your like an individual developer's machine so there's so many like shared network infrastructure things that it's really important to have good IT people. Yeah, it was, it was actually hard for me to let go and let IT people do stuff when I first started working at Telltale. Like we were a company of 15 at that point and I was a guy who always built my own PC and stuff and the company was full of people like that. But at a certain point, you realize when you're at a company that probably starts getting around 15 people or more, it's not, it's a waste of your time and everyone else's time there whose job is not to do that, to, to fuck around with that shit. And having an IT person at that point, like when your computer breaks, that you can just walk over to another workstation and he can fix your thing or like the server breaks. Oh, it's, it's what, it's what you, it's what you crave. We are only like six people right now at, or seven at, uh, at Campo Santo and we don't have an IT person, which is fine. But like. Were we three times the size, it would be we it would be a, the saddest yeah. time because yeah, stuff would be shitty all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, plus the look that Will gets on his face every time we ask him to fix a computer. Yeah, problem. I mean that's we're like, in the yeah. place that, that, that one might expect <laughs> one to be, which is important people on our team. We're like, ah, oh, dude, fucking perforce. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will, our programmer, is also the person who's the most likely to be able to reconfigure a router, set up a perforce server, do all those other things. But he's also the person who you need not doing that all the time. Right, right, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But. Also, a a thing about, I mean, this isn't necessarily part of a job description, but I've definitely noticed that at studios below a certain size, you know, like IT guys or or, or IT people, you know, men or women could end up also kind of by like serving in a de facto capacity also in like general studio operations. So when they aren't super bogged down with support stuff, um, in I in places I've worked, they also often end up pitching in with like helping plan general stuff for the studio and just helping other things run smoothly that aren't necessarily fully technical. But yep. if you're the kind of person whose demeanor is yeah, when Doug to, when Doug Tobacco was at Telltale, uh, which was probably when it was about 10, 15 people up through, and it was about 60, 70 people. Mm-hmm. He was IT, maintained all the servers and stuff, but then also he ended up being the guy who sourced merchandise. He was the guy who managed the entire office move from one building to the mm-hmm. other, and it was just yeah. like he became ops lord. Right. Yeah, um, yeah totally. And then also there's often a lot of overlap between IT and external support, um, you know, stuff going wrong with your game. I mean, yep. those things can obviously can get to the point where 
IT just gets overloaded with too much stuff. That's definitely a very real possibility. But like, yeah. those you're running things, a company, it's also have... it's as good to keep that in mind. Like, oh, always feel sure. like, like no, that but... penny arcade job description that went up. Oh my yeah. fucking god, that yeah. thing! Oh, gross. I think there's a difference with jobs like this between. But it's just like it's important to be like uh... here are the things you're actually responsible for, and then here are opportunities to grow into if you Ex- want. Exactly, but you're not yeah. expected to Absolute, just be absolutely right. yep, for sure. Lord, but, like, it's, it's, it's super like it's it's a very natural human thing for people to start to take on more become in and then it's like become secretly become indispensable yeah, absolutely you know Super and fun. then you have to sort of as a manager really be sensitive yeah. to like every once in a while ask yourself what if so and so died <laughs> or like what or left yeah, that's yeah. better you know yeah, like double fun we always call like, that the get hit by a bus fact yeah and you're like, like oh this person gets hit with the bus fucked. yeah how fucked would we be yeah so how like, can we decrease that yeah how can we increase redundancy and increase institutional knowledge mm-hmm. And if you can't do either of those things, you can at least it's free to increase appreciation. Yeah, that part is free. Yeah. Um, uh, also, specifically, the last thing about this, which is, it seems like there are a lot of risks, like things getting leaked, unhappy gamers or work unhappy gamers or workers lashing out at whatever network assets they can target. That's less essential, yeah. I think. Leaks are going to happen not because like you can't have a dev environment where someone can't put a thumb drive in a computer and pull data off, but also the dev yeah. team is the least likely to leak. I mean, I guess security from attacks is, is one thing. For but sure. like, like when Half-Life 2 got stolen. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's not a problem for most game companies, right. I don't think. And also, if that is a problem for you, that means you have a product that people will go through the trouble to get, which is interesting. It's not, it's like, it's a, it's a luxury problem, right? You know, like, yeah. like nobody's hacking the developer that's like about to go under. Um, and then also, if you have disgruntled employees, like you can't solve that through IT, you just solve that through your company culture. Yeah, but IT is the best when it's cool. Um, uh, Mike Kelly writes live streaming and intimacy. Mm. Hey, thumbs. Yeah, this is actually. Oh, this is. I don't know what this email is, but I'm super interested in it. I know. I figured you would be. Yeah. Um, hey, thumbs. I had an odd experience. I made an effort to get into the whole recording playthroughs of games, providing commentary and uploading to YouTube. My first choice was a game very dear to me, The Longest Journey, a point-and-click adventure game with a fantastic story that has stuck with me for the year, throughout Eric the years. Chahi. I'm sorry? Chahi? No, that was Ragnar Tornquist. Longest Journey. What yeah. was his? Uh, another world slash out of this world. Right. Yeah. You see how I can confuse the two? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Sorry. However, partway through the playthrough, I started getting reluctant to upload videos. Good the storyline touches on a lot of themes that resonate with me. Disconnectedness, friendship, doubt, amongst others. And I found I was musing in my commentary about fairly personal things. There were moments in the game where I remained silent, unwilling to talk, and in my opinion, misrepresent the game's message by providing my own commentary. It was a much more intimate experience than I was expecting, and putting that on display seemed contrary to the game's more introspective themes. Have you had an experience like this? Do you feel some games are diminished by streaming or recording? I know The Walking Dead had a lot of reaction videos where people put the moments they experienced out for all to see, but I'm curious... Uh, for your takes on it as both players and developers. Also, tell Nick he's awesome, Mike. Aww. Aww. That's adorable. Nick is awesome. Mm-hmm. What if his episode right here and just said, thanks. <laughs> That's his only yeah. contribution. Yeah. <laughs> there, were mo- there were moments. His episode's going to be There were things good, that I, I there are times when I wish I hadn't streamed. Like, streaming Spelunky on New Year's Eve, drinking whiskey by myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a life choice. That's a That's where I thought this was going to be. I know, I know. Because that occurred to me this weekend when I was streaming Dota and my wife came in. She's like, are you, what are you thinking for dinner? And I'm like, ah, Ollie, I think we're going to have dinner with Ollie. Good, good, good. And everybody's like, oh, is that your wife? Don't you? And like, that's like, oh, wow. I had forgotten that like, this is just a live portal into my life for a <laughs> yeah, second, you know, because right. it's in my office. So I don't really yeah. know. That's also different. That's one thing. It is very game hitting you. Exactly. But I thought that's what this was going to be about. I think but that's it's about not. Whatever. Yeah. But no, no I mean, I don't know. Like, that's, that was a big 
thing for me with the, when the Walking Dead stuff started going up of like people playing it and having these like emotional reactions. Some of them felt put on, some of them felt like hamming up for the camera, but the ones that didn't, I was like, why would you show me this? <laughs> like it was like so much. It was, felt like it felt weird watching it and I could cerebrally appreciate that it was happening. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad people are reacting to the game. But I couldn't enjoy watching it because it felt like I was, it felt like a bridge too far for me to cross mm-hmm. when it came to intimacy. Sure. Like, I was like, I don't want to. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch any of the Walking Dead ones. I was totally able to make peace with it, I think, because it's a game based on the best selling comic book and cable television series. Like, this just gonna, people are going to engage with it in all right. sorts of weird ways. I don't know, like, but at the same time, it was like a super huge honor to have people care about the game enough they would stream that stuff. So now, thinking about that in terms of this game that we're working on now, which oh, we were talking about this today, Emily, a little bit. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I was going to say something different than what oh, okay. I was saying okay. that, which is just the game that we're working on now is a game that has some stuff in it that is that is potentially like cons- could be considered stream worthy by people, which is presumptuous to say because I don't know if people are going to ever want to stream this game or not. Whatever. But the fact that it's a thing that is coming entirely from us and not from based on the award-winning comic book by Robert Kirkman it is going to make it a more a different experience for me to watch. Mm. In what way? Hypothetically, obviously you can't really know until it's done because if the thing's bad, it's not going to matter. <laughs> um, <sighs> like I'm just I guess a uh, more ballpark like more like interested in that in that behavior or I think I'll more be, disengaged from it. I'll be I'll be made more uncomfortable by it, I think. Okay, okay. Okay. Um yeah, mm. but uh, I don't. I never. It's funny. I think it might be the same for me, but it's also maybe because writing is different. Maybe the only you know, games like, you, yeah. you hear a li- you hear a word, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember. Recording I've that. only ever streamed games for Idle Thumbs, and the stuff that I've screamed, the stuff that I've screamed <laughs> in our in our Cyber Scream streams has uh, <laughs> has only ever been just like wacky shit, like uh, yeah. like yeah. Nidhog and stuff yeah. like that. So like, I've I've never said I'm just going to sit down and. Th- and I'm gonna have an experience. Was, right, yeah, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why anyone would stream a single player game like that unless they would. People like, do it a unless lot. People won't know. But I mean, no. What I mean is, like, the presumably the point of doing it is to show your like reaction to it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah. why, why do it unless you're yeah. doing a yeah, straight I, walkthrough? Right. I mean, but I think yeah. I think the person who wrote in is. I, I don't that's, think they're necessarily. The person who wrote so, in was saying, like, saying I, I, I was going to show people much, the game, yeah. and then I was yeah, they were just taken by surprise by how much that actually affected them. I think I don't think. I mean, I think you're probably right, but I I can totally imagine being in a situation where you just didn't you you can't know how you're going to personally mm. react to no, something that's, that's you know but ahead of time. There um, are people like I mean, the most extreme and like sort of bullshitty version of that is like watching PewDiePie play something oh. like he's just playing that game so that you so that you can see his face do stupid stuff and watch yep. him scream. But there's legitimate versions of that as well, and that's where mm. it's like yeah. one time Nick and I Nick and I used to occasionally. Um, streams Monkey Daily challenges together where we would alternate and one of us would do it first and the other would do it. And one, I remember one particular night, for whatever reason, we just kept, after we both died, we both just kept playing like co-op games and, and um, deathmatch Splunky games and all these just dumb modes that the game also has. Um, to the point where we it just basically became us having just a two-person rambling conversation as friends in front of a camera with a video game running in a way that like to to a degree that I've never like experienced but it's different than Idle Thumbs like even though Idle mm-hmm. Thumbs basically does for the most part just feel to me like talking to you guys about stuff like definitely 
I don't ever 100% forget that I'm recording a podcast. You right. know, like that never completely leaves my mind. Whereas Except the, when talking about Calculords. Sure. Well, then I'm just wrapped <laughs> up in the whimsy of the Calculords experience. But, uh, but this, like, this weird Spelunky stream with Nick, like, really just became a super, like, just unique experience. And, it, like, it's something that I don't think. Mm. I would be able to easily replicate because it, requ- it required some amount of like warm up and probably some particular like type of conversation that just settled into an area that could have that self perpetuating. You guys have been thing. drinking, Pro- probably. I can't remember. Honestly. You're with Nick, so I just assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, but yeah, I don't know. That was I, I didn't. It didn't make me super uncomfortable. Or, or, no, that uncomfortable or anything. But it was just an interesting experience. I think I'd rather watch a stream like that than a guy just explaining mechanically yeah. what they were doing in the game and why it, they yeah. were doing. It definitely yeah. made me like because Idle Thumbs is very conversational, but it's definitely always about video games, and mm-hmm. it it definitely gave me a glimpse into what it must be like to just record a general sort of like humor podcast yeah. or like just. Very, very, very. So that was your trial run of, of Potato Day. Yeah, right. That's it. Basically, was Potato Day. That's the thing. Nick and I accidentally recorded an episode of Potato Day, on a, AKA so Mega Cheese, on a Spelunky stream, which is probably the most appropriate way for that non-existent thing to exist. Do you guys want? Do you want to read "I Ate the Bones" before we go? I feel like we should read uh, "I Ate the Bones." Sure. Yeah. Um, we can read "I Ate the Bones." Uh, a reader named Riv Hester, whose email address is. Awesomely at rocketmail.com. So that's <laughs> that's good. Um, writes, I ate the bones. Hey, nerds. Back in November, I saw a tweet from Chris <laughs> that read, Dear anyone making a dark psychological survival horror game, please include blood graffiti reading, I ate the bones. <laughs> at the time, I was ramping up work on my space survival game that was already going to have some dumb blood graffiti anyway, so I figured I'd throw that in. I replied to the tweet with a screenshot of it in-game and promptly forgot about it. Uh, starting three weeks ago, I decided to remake the game's assets in pixel art because it's easier to work with than the old art style, which is dragging the whole project into shit oblivion. Working through my prop folder, I came across the sprite sheet containing the blood graffiti and saw those words again. As I sit here translating them into pixel art, curiosity has gotten the better of me. I have to know what this is all about. Who ate the bones? Uh, best regards, Riv. I only mentioned that because he then included a screenshot of a just sweet space bunker that says, I ate the bones in blood on the side. Which is essential. So I'm glad that your dream was realized, Chris. Also, Who Ate the Bones is just the fucking worst KFC ad campaign ever, and it's not good and will not be discussed. But except God, when who, it is except on a podcast the version of for free. said, which is Who Ate the Bones, is a way even more disturbing who ate the bones version of... Yeah, God, the, the panicked mother getting to the bucket. Who ate the bones? Like, oh my God, Who Ate the Bones? <laughs> Billy, Billy. No, sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. Sweetie, I ate the bones. <laughs> I ate them. We all ate them. We all ate them. It's boneless <laughs> original chicken. Slap. KFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's who ate the bones. Yeah. Thanks for putting I ate the bones on your... On your on your thing. space asset. It looks like the game looks... it's It looks like, it's like a, a 2D isometric thing. Yeah, it looks like in the style of sort of Fallout. Like old or one Fallout, of yeah. Classic kind Very of um, Black Isle RPGs. Yeah. But it's... Uh, Wait, how big is, it, is that? To scale? Like, how big is that to scale? Because there's, oh, there's a lot of, of blood. A, yeah, that would be yeah, like, would a, be like a, there's a, an entire alive. person's worth of blood. Yeah. Well, I suppose because the bones are... Yeah. Anyway. They removed all the bones and then... Yeah, I think it's <laughs> an entire normal person, but a, a boneless person someone actually just has came, more blood. No, what happened was someone came upon what was essentially a human bag. Someone just came across someone who had been deboned, but was still full of blood. And they were pretty curious about this, so then they punctured this person and used all the blood from within their skin 
to oh, so inquire as to who ate the bones. On the other side of this bunker made out of bones is words saying, I used the blood. <laughs> yes. That's the other KFC ad campaign. <laughs> when they start doing, like, blood pudding? Yes. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> no? Sean is not amused no. by this. Or he is amused by this. I can't tell. Sean is bewildered. Sean is, yeah. Foxed. Alright, is that it? Yes. Are done with this yeah. thing? Thanks yeah. for listening. Thank you. Thanks. Check the blog for Sean versus Ollie, the, the most, most dangerous, dangerous game, game <laughs> of Daisy ever played. Yeah. Uh, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Follow us on Twitter at idlethumbs. Rate us on iTunes because we haven't actually said that in a while. Please do. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah that really actually great. really helps. It yeah, does. it really does help. Write us on iTunes. I'll go do it right now. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah. Bye. Remember when Washington Mutual was around and they renamed themselves Wamu at the last second right before getting closed? (laughs) Bevmo. They really tried though. Wamu really wanted. They were trying to be like the like the the Southwest Airlines of banks. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like your buddy? Yeah, we're your pal. Yeah. We're not gonna fuck you. We're not gonna take your grandma's money. Why would you do that? Like you, a college kid who's getting who rates? Yep. Whatever. It was. They're low. We use teal in our logo. And gold. Your face is is good right now. It's the Wamu face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, What was I going to say? Do we even have this episode? Is brought to you by defunct corporations.